Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. Thanks for being with us. The country is racked, of course, by ideological and partisan conflict. We're a nation divided. There's no question about that. Whether it's presidential politics or communities fighting to control their own schools and local government. In Texas, impeachment hearings against Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton have begun. The AG, who's been suspended from his office pending the outcome of the impeachment trial, is accused of corruption and taking bribes. The impeachment is taking place in the Texas State Senate, where Republicans have a 19-12 to 12 majority over the Marxist Dems. Paxton's attorneys put forward a motion to dismiss all charges before the trial began, and ominously, that was voted down by a vote of 22 to 8. Paxton faces the same rhino forces as does President Trump, a battle against both the Marxist Dems and the rhinos of the Republican Party, and it is a huge and divisive issue. Prior to his impeachment trial, Paxton was investigated for five months by two special prosecutors who reviewed more than 300,000 documents, dozens of witnesses, and with an unlimited budget, they were unable to find any evidence of Paxton ever taking a bribe. Absolutely nothing. In my opinion, Paxton is an unquestionable patriot. History will show Paxton has been on the right side time and time again. When there was fraud in the 2020 election, Paxton sued four battleground states in the Supreme Court for electoral fraud. When big tech targeted Americans and shut down conservative voices, Attorney General Paxton went head-to-head with Google and Facebook to protect our freedoms of speech and fair elections. The Dems and Rhinos in Texas are carrying out what has been a long series of harassments and political persecution of Ken Paxton by establishment Rhinos as well as the Marxist Dems. They hate Paxton not because he didn't do his job, but because he did. And he fought for the people of Texas and the rule of law. And speaking of establishment Rhinos, Nikki Haley doing her best impression of former CNN lefty newsman Don Lemon. Lemon, you may remember, stirred up a sizable controversy when he said Haley was, quote, past her prime. There was outrage almost everywhere. So now, here's Haley condemning older politicians who refuse to give up their offices and their power. The establishment rhino candidate aiming at President Trump, of course, a man who gave Haley her job. Here's Haley on CBS's Face the Nation. 
I am completely for term limits. I'm completely for mental competency tests for anyone over the age of 75. And I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. Here you have Mitch McConnell, who's done great service to the country. You have Dianne Feinstein, who had a great career. You've got Nancy Pelosi, who's been there a long time. At what point do they get it's time to leave? They need to let a younger generation take over. We want to go and start working for our kids to make sure we have a strong national security to make sure we have a stronger economic policy, to make sure that America is safe. And we can't do that if these individuals refuse to give up power. This is not just a Republican or Democrat problem. This is a congressional problem. And they've got to know when to leave. It is time to pass this down to a new generation of conservative leaders that want to take our country to a better place. According to the Wall Street Journal's latest polling, President Trump still dominates the field of candidates and by huge margins. 59% in first place, followed by a 13% Ron DeSantis, and lastly, an 8% Nikki Haley. Haley doesn't understand that President Trump is leading a movement, and neither does the braying New Hampshire GOP Governor Chris Sununu, another victim of Trump derangement syndrome, and he has more political pickup, and he has more political ambition than talent. He declared an impeachment of Joe Biden is, quote, unhealthy for the country. Here is the ever-so-wise Sununu talking with Chuck Todd. Impeachment of any president is an unhealthy thing for the country. I mean, that would be a terrible, terrible situation. Now, you have to figure out what happened there. I mean, there's there's no doubt that there's a lot of unanswered questions with the Hunter Biden issue. But no, let's let's be clear. Impeachment is a terrible thing for America. It, it, it brings everybody down. It, it, it rocks the system, if you will. It doesn't bring it to its foundations, but it does rock it. And we, sh- we need to be more positive going forward, given all the economic crises that not just that we have today, but as bad as it is going to come, believe me, this economy is getting a lot worse before it's getting better. It's going to get very hard. Sununu just can't find Republican support or anyone who wants him on the air other than Marxist left cable networks, and they want him on the air for a punching bag. Congress returns to work next week from their summer recess, but many of the investigating committee members were working throughout the recess. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer among them. The chairman will be with us, by the way, here tomorrow, our guest on The Great America Show. Comer's committee has issued now six subpoenas to the Department of Homeland Security and Secret Service as his committee investigates the government cover-up for Hunter Biden. Comer says the Department of Justice initiated the Biden family cover-up, and now the Department of Homeland Security, under the leadership of Secretary Mayorkas, is complicit. IRS whistleblowers giving testimony regarding misconduct during the Hunter Biden criminal investigation, including FBI headquarters tipping off the Secret Service and the Biden transition team about a planned Hunter Biden interview. Joining us now is John Solomon, great American, great editor, and I have to say the hardest working journalist in the country and the best. John, great to have you back with us here on The Great America Show. Your story, your prime story on Just the News today, on how far the Biden corruption story really reaches. And with that, you're talking about Barack Obama. I think many people miss the fact that the incipient point of these scandals is the Obama administration. Your thoughts on how far this goes and how soon we'll know the complete story about the reach of it all. 
Yeah. Well, listen, one thing is clear. Right? Barack Obama likes to say he had a scandal free uh, administration. He had no, nothing of the sort. Uh, we can go through all the famous scandals we do know about Fast and Furious and the IRS targeting scandal and Benghazi. But the real scandal that's, I think, coming into uh uh, portrait today. And I think Republicans are picking up on you're seeing Jamie Comer now saying it and others uh, is that Barack Obama presided over a government in which his top diplomat, Hillary Clinton, and his vice president both had these schemes that they were shaking foreign interest down for millions of dollars because those foreign interests had business pending before them. Hillary Clinton did it via the Clinton Foundation. Sometimes her husband did it, as we now know from that famous $500,000 speech fee he got from Russia. Uh, so it either went into their pockets or their foundation. In Joe Biden's case, it went into the family business, the brand, as Devin Archer recently said. Uh, the idea that a president had his top, probably two most important players in his administration, both running the same scam, begs the question, what did Barack Obama know and when did he know it and why didn't he stop it? And then you take a look at some of the tactics that flowed to make these things possible. There were the use of private emails. Hillary Clinton had her server. Joe Biden had his pseudonyms. There were weaponizing government to flip the argument around to make it look like the Republicans are the one doing this. The Russia collusion scandal. It's very important to remind people that uh, Barack Obama was given the original tip off from uh, John Brennan, the CIA director, in July of 2016, letting him know that Hillary Clinton was concocting a story to hang on Donald Trump's house, a Russia collusion single, uh, shingle, which we, of course, now know was never true. Uh, Barack Obama was told in advance what was going on. He sat silent. And at the end of the administration, when uh, it failed in electing Hillary Clinton as president, they all sat together, Joe Biden and uh, Barack Obama and some of the top people in the administration, and concocted a way to keep an investigation open on Michael Flynn after uh, the FBI had already told the administration they found no criminality by Mike Flynn. So they sat around and they talked about things like the Logan actor. Let's do another interview. Maybe we can catch him in a lie. And uh, that was Barack Obama directly participating in that. So Mr. Squeaky Clean, as he and his top aides like to often have presided over uh, a team that had this financial shakedown going on in the foreign sector and in efforts to keep it covered up using the weaponization of government to switch the attention to someone like Donald Trump or Republicans. That is the story that is now sitting in clear view of people. And it's where I think Newt Gingrich has been saying that this ought to be a Barack Obama investigation as well. And uh, James Comer came on my show last week, said the same thing. You know what? We're now going to ask the question, what did Barack Obama, Barack Obama know and when did he know it? Well, you know, John, there, there's a, there were quite a few meetings, as you well know, uh, with the top the top uh, administrative and uh, and intelligence groups uh, there in the White House. Yes. And, and at least three of those meetings pertained in 2016 uh, to Hillary Clinton yep. and and the, the what became the famous dossier yeah. uh, story in Russia hoax. Uh, it's also interesting that on January 5th, 
uh, of 2017. Susan Rice does that uh, famous memorialization uh, of squeaky clean Barack Obama and how he had ordered all of his uh, chieftains uh, to do everything by the book. Yeah. I mean, that was the beginning, really, of the public face of the uh, of the cover up. Yeah. Uh, don't you think? Listen, a lot of people look at that memo and say that's a memo that police and prosecutors would call consciousness of guilt. All right. You already knew you did something wrong. So paper up a memo that would say we didn't do anything wrong. So in case someone figures out you did do something wrong, you'd have the memo to say you didn't. It clearly was a very conscious decision. And you can see now when you go through some of the testimonies that were taken by the House committees, some of the people participating in those discussions, like the acting attorney general at the time and others, had a little bit of concern what they were doing, particularly in trying to extend an FBI investigation of Michael Flynn when none was warranted, because that would obviously handicap the Trump campaign or the Trump administration as it was taking over from Barack Obama. So absolutely, the, the, that is one of the main, I think she wrote that a few hours before leaving office on uh, uh, July 20th, uh, January 20th, 2017. And it referred back to a meeting on January 5th and 6th, which is you know, this meeting where Joe Biden's out there saying, hey, why don't you try the Logan Act? Maybe you can get uh, Michael Flynn on that. And other people are saying, well, why don't we do an interview? Maybe catch him there. Uh, it clearly was, as many people have said when they've looked at that document, a, a piece of evidence that's of consciousness of guilt. Someone knew they did something wrong and they were trying to create an alternative reality that they could share politically should it backfire on them. That January 5th meeting to me is is really where I, I think it's just clear what uh, what that was intended, yep. what had been done. And do you right. to this day, I don't know what the reason was for Obama's outright hatred of General Michael Flynn. Do you? Well, they had a falling out over policy back in 2014, and it was quite public at the time. And I think it just left a bad taste in the president's mouth, uh, the former president's mouth. And and I think it, it plays out in this sort of crazy moment where the White House doesn't belong anywhere near an FBI investigation of the people who defeated them at the election and are about to take over. You stay out of that stuff. You're not supposed to be. That politicizes something that should have stayed on a career path. The career people were looking at it. The career people exhaustively investigated Mike Flynn. The career people concluded Michael Flynn didn't commit any crime. So why is the White House got its finger in the martini at the very end of the administration? It either is a political payback or it's an effort to really make sure that Donald Trump starts his presidency particularly hampered. If he doesn't have access to the man he expected to be his national security advisor, well, that's pretty significant. And if you look at what the Russia collusion uh, allegations, the bogus allegations did, it kept uh, Donald Trump from having his attorney general preside over Russia, right? They found some silly meeting that the attorney general uh, sessions attended when he was a senator clearly had nothing to do with creating a conflict of interest, but he gets sidelined. Mike Flynn gets sidelined and the entire administration is uh, dysfunctional from the beginning by democratic dirty tricks. That's something that you really see in the Durham investigation, just how sophisticated that information was. And so uh, one way or the other, they were hampering the Trump uh, uh, start of the Trump presidency. And it might have also been an additional political payback for Barack Obama against one of his rivals, Michael Flynn. 
Yeah. Uh, Michael Flynn, uh, elevated by Obama to uh, enemy of the uh, of the Obama administration. Uh, it gave it gave standing uh, to everything that Michael Flynn represented uh, instead of quashing him uh, as they uh, tried very hard to do and came near doing. Uh, it left it left wide open uh, to me, at least. The question is, why did Obama in himself weaponized government at that point in 2016 which i think is really the the hallmark year uh because things weren't going their way and then things certainly certainly uh went against them with the election of donald trump yeah I, you know those are the questions that i think congress owes the american people this is bigger than just joe biden and hunter biden shaking down foreign interests and making lots of money off them it's much bigger than uh, just a singular event or a singular accusation. There is a, uh, a weaponization and a changing of the way government acted to hamper your political enemies. There were certain things in the history of our country that you just didn't let politics get involved with. The justice system in the courts was one of them. Barack Obama and his team crossed that threshold. And once you cross it, it's hard to go back. And I think people need to understand how are we so divided? Why do we see this? And why are Americans so outraged that Donald Trump has four indictments against them and they're now you know people are embracing him more than ever before it began in the obama era and i think that that's important and when barack obama feels comfortable presiding over uh, meetings uh, to discuss uh, mike flynn and what they're going to do about it in russia collusion it sets the doorway for uh, joe biden and his white house to feel comfortable asking the national archives hey go make a criminal referral to the FBI and get investigating Donald Trump on the classified documents. Again, another example where when they're doing that, Joe Biden has classified documents in his own thing. Once again, they have their own scandal, right? And they use the weaponization of government to distract the American people to say the Republicans have the problem before they let them know they have the problem. This model was invented by the Barack Obama administration and is just simply carried into uh, the Joe Biden thing. That is clear just from the evidence. It's very clear that uh, uh, the Biden White House, or excuse me, the Obama White House had no problem getting involved in in uh, uh, criminal investigations. And that carries on into Joe Biden sicking the National Archives on the FBI to start one of the four criminal investigations that Donald Trump now faces. Hillary Clinton emerged from her job as Secretary of State, uh, a very wealthy woman. Uh, John Kerry married into wealth, so we don't uh, have to think too hard about his uh, good fortune. But he also was uh, he also met, as you know, with Devin Archer just weeks before uh, Shokin was fired by the then vice president. Yeah. Uh, indirectly uh joe biden uh, this it smells to high heaven everywhere and we all go go over how do how does government end up surrounding the biden family and being so protective and insulating them and i think the answer is starting to be clear it's because it involves far more than joe biden and the biden crime family it also extends to the clinton crime family it also extends to the obama crime family, because we know that a number of crimes were committed. We just don't know where, who the perpetrators were, whether it's Iran, 
uh, how, whatever you want to take a look at there, there a lot smells to high heaven. It does. You have made this link for a long time, and I think now the powers that be in the investigatory realm of Congress have caught on to this. This is, this is a culture of corruption that was born in the Obama years and perfected in the Obama years, and now it's extended into the Biden years. And it involves everything from, hey, if you don't like your uh, conservative nonprofits, just sick the FBI on them. Who came up with some of the ideas for weaponizing the IRS uh, for Lois Lerner? It was Jack Smith. He was a Justice Department prosecutor, sent a memo to her. That's a documented. What is Jack Smith doing today? He's pursuing Donald Trump for Merrick Garland. So, so much of the baggage that we own at this very moment, when people say, how did we get to this surreal moment in American politics? The concepts, the people, the actors, the culture of corruption mindset, it all really can be traced back to the start of the Obama uh, administration. And I think that's what um, James Comer said in my interview. It's what Newt Gingrich has said uh, with a lot of passion. The last week, he's been really strong out there and pushing Republicans to make this about more than just Joe Biden. And I think he makes a pretty articulate case why that makes sense. Um, it, it is a remarkable thing. A weaponized government, a shakedown operation of foreign interests, all those came uh, under the Barack Obama thing. And oh, the, the widespread use of um, private emails and pseudonyms, whether it's Hillary Clinton's server or Joe Biden's 5,400 pseudonym fake name emails that uh, the archives has but won't release, all those ideas born on Barack Obama's watch. You know, a lot of the folks listening to you and me right now, are thinking, are they talking about the U.S. government? Are, are, are they talking about America? Yeah. Are, are they talking about our political system? Really? I thought this was just about a bad guy by the name of Donald Trump, whose chief uh, uh, perpetration on the American uh, <laughs> people was mean tweets. Yeah. Uh, I don't like him either says Jill. And Jack says, you know, I think we shouldn't like him because he's just too rough around the edges. He doesn't talk in, uh, you know, Latin derivatives and, uh, yeah. you know, uh, put snuff to his nose like the establishment liberals. <laughs> it, it is amazing to me to think of what we're talking about. We're talking about a succession of secretaries of state. Right. Hillary Clinton, John Kerry. Oh, yes. And Tony Blinken, we shouldn't leave him out either, because he was making lots of money at the Penn Biden Center for years. Yeah. That's oh, by the way, that's where all of those classified documents we haven't heard any more about since a, a special counsel was appointed in January of this year. It's just so much uh, cognitive dissonance that is not unintentional. It is it is a propaganda campaign, a disinformation campaign. It is a cone of silence that descends over issues that are so important to to this country's future. Yeah, I couldn't say it better. I, it is. And I think one of the reasons that this democratic machinery has gotten away with it for so long is that the traditional news media, which has uh, frequently um, uh, covered for Democrats or made excuses for Democrats and exaggerated things against Republicans, particularly Donald Trump, that turned out not to be even remotely true, they continue to create a protection racket around this president. So you've got uh, a administrative state inside the government that does it. You've got a, a media um, a cabal that is protecting Joe Biden from a lot of things. 
there are some cracks in that protection cabal right now. You're starting to see reporters call out Joe Biden and ask a little bit harder questions three, four years too late, but at least it's beginning to happen. Uh, but it, it, it is, it's a, a lot of people have said to me, it's like living in the theater of the absurd, watching Washington cover itself and Washington deal with itself. Joe Biden obviously is frail. He's elderly and frail and not up to the job on some days. Uh, he clearly has created an economy that is making people hurt. And yet people keep telling us, oh, the economy is great. I had this fun story over the weekend. Uh, if you go back and take a look at both the labor rate and the GDP, Joe Biden's successful Bidenomics is shrinking. They keep reducing <laughs> the number of jobs back after we all, you know, we get the original jobs number. Oh, it was a good month. And oh, wait, we are 100,000 off in June. Sorry, we've got to correct that. Um, it's shrinking. And so uh, and yet does the media write that? No, only uh, only folks like myself and some of the new media outlets that are still dedicated to the truth. But uh, these this protection racket of the media and the administrative state, it's starting to wear on the American people. Americans are tired of being told, don't believe your eyes, don't believe your ears, believe what we're telling you. And it's wearing on them. And I think the 2024 election is a place where they could express their dis, uh, distaste in a very large way if Republicans know how to ride that uh, election rail. And it's not clear they do yet. But if they play the game, if they take it, op take the opportunity, stop fighting with themselves and fight with the enemy. Uh, they they have a chance to do something historic in the 2024 election. It's unclear whether that will happen. Yeah, very, very much in question yeah. uh, whether there will be an election because the rate at which uh, the this administration, uh, whether it's led by the Obama uh, cabal of Marxist Dems or uh, an impaired puppet president, which is highly unlikely, uh, it, it, the truth is. We are headed in such a uh, into such a fog uh, that it's it's hard to ascertain. There's no clarity at all about the next six months, let alone the next uh, year and a half. Sure. So the American people are keenly aware now that we have a corrupt government, that the Dems have taken over that government uh, and the deep state. Uh, that the consent of the governed is, uh, it is frankly, it's it's now uh, a hackneyed shibboleth uh, and a sort of a quaint relic of uh, American civics, don't you think? Yeah, and there's another element of this that um, I think is starting to become more and more apparent to the American people, and it's it, it can, it's sometimes apparent for things like the Biden administration lost a quarter trillion dollars of COVID aid to most of it to foreign powers like Russia, just easily defrauded of this. But there's a moment on television this weekend where you see Anthony Fauci, the face of the pandemic response, just uh, falling over himself, unable to describe why he's telling people to be ready to mask up again when the science, the masking science prove that masks don't really help. And then what they see is, oh, we're just going to ignore that. You just have to trust me. You got to mask up, even though the studies say it doesn't benefit you. I think people realize that government is not only corrupt in some cases, not only politicized in uh, most cases, it's downright incompetent. It literally sometimes will tell people something and think that the American people are going to fall for it. And we listen to it like, wait a second, you just told me a study found no benefit from masks, but you're recommending masking any anyways? Why? I think incompetence, politicization, and corruption, that, that, that's the triple-headed monster that the American people are confronted with, with Joe Biden in charge and the, uh, the uh, permanent bureaucracy in America uh, running roughshod over the American people. They're smart enough. They deduct it. They, they, they're awful busy. They're trying to put bread on the table, make ends meet, and right. afford the gas and the grocery cart. 
But they're also quick to realize, you know, Anthony Fauci is like the perfect example of what's wrong with government. He says something and when it's not true, he says it again anyways. And he just thinks the American people are going to buy it. I think Americans have started buying, stop buying that line. I, I agree with you. And just when the American people have figured out that, that Donald Trump was right all along. He was being wiretapped. He was a victim of hoaxes. He was being framed. Uh, that the impeachments were asinine right. uh, and attempts to cover up Marxist dim uh, perfidy uh, and uh, crime. It is, it is, now they have to come to terms with the fact that, you know what, I made a big moral decision about vaccinations for my family. Uh, and, and, uh, and now I have to examine whether or not those, those vaccinations really did work or were necessary. And then they get the information from the NIH and from other public health agencies that, you know, the newest, the newest variants, which were being hyped by the CDC, actually, actually, if you're vaccinated, it's going to be more transmissible to you. And if you're not vaccinated, uh, it's not going to matter much one way or the other. You're better off with natural immunization than you are with any vaccine. Uh, and the people most at risk are those who've been vaccinated suddenly. Think about the moment we had last night, about nine o'clock last night, when the Biden White House announced that First Lady Joe Biden had COVID. And of course, we wish her well. We want her to get well. We don't want anyone suffering from COVID. But she's vaccinated and twice boosted. Wait a second. I thought we took these boosters to avoid this very thing. She got it. And I think most Americans can process that now and say, listen, this has been such a sham. Uh, if If you take... Uh, uh, two doses of um, uh, vaccine and two boosters and you're still getting it, there's something wrong with the vaccine or certainly something wrong with the promise you gave me when you told me to take the vaccine. And I think these moments, these intuitive moments where the American people uh, are know what's going on, they know every time uh, Mayorkas gets up on the stand and says the border is secure and they know it's not true. They saw someone in their neighborhood die last week, some young child from fentanyl. They see the, the manhunt in Pennsylvania for an illegal alien who escaped from prison, who you know is a murderer. They know the open border has left America insecure, and it doesn't matter how many more times Joe Biden and Mallorca say it, they're not going to believe it. They're not going to believe that they need to wear masks because they were told the study science found it. They now believe that, hey, these vaccines aren't like the vaccines we used to take for the flu or for a chicken pox or other things. They don't work. And you're not going to force me to do something that doesn't work. They're intuitively realizing that big government fails in a big way. And I think that this election, if Republicans make it so, uh, will be an election about the failure of big government. Joe Biden came in and said, I'm going to make big government bigger and it's going to be better for you. And two and a half, nearly three years into the experience, America are worse. Americans are worse off. They feel it in every measure. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I want to go back to Dr. <laughs> the infamous Dr. Fauci. Fauci yes. uh, he, because he is an exemplar, uh, I think, beyond just uh, bad government, because this man actually had the, the temerity to say, to, talking about the broadest study of mass, including in 95 mass, which were supposed to be the, uh, the most effective. Uh, the, and uh, the study showed without any without any equivocation, any ambiguity, that masks do not work, period. 
End yep. of story. And by the way, they're bad for you, too. Yeah, and there's Especially. 17 years of research. It isn't like they just did one study. There's 17 <laughs> years of research that affirm this. And Dr. Fauci, Mr. Science, had the had the audacity to say in response, well, this study was about a large group of people. Yeah. What I'm talking about is the individual. Yep. The man is a sophist. He is capable of more specious nonsense and just utter crap than I have ever heard from a public health official. And a lot. And I heard a lot of them over the last three years. <laughs> he takes the cake. This man is absolutely a fraud. And he was working for himself, just like everyone else in the Biden Obama uh, structure. Wow. Uh, it's disgusting. He made millionaires out of out of doctors because he had control over those NIH grants. He didn't want to let people know that the the China virus, COVID-19, was actually the Wuhan virus. It had been engineered, and they did exactly what they meant to, the, the communist Chinese. There were no accidents here. Yeah. And also, listen, there's a reminder uh, of Republican failures on this. So in 2004 and five, as Bobby Kennedy Jr.'s new book recently revealed, I did a lot of work on Anthony Fauci and I found all sorts of major ethical lapses, including the fact that NIH scientists were collecting royalties from the very yeah. drug companies that they're supposed to be regulating and studying that they had used foster children to test AIDS drugs, even though the foster children didn't have AIDS. They, they used foster children because no parent would sign off uh, on their child. So they use vulnerable children for that. There were just enormous things. There's a woman who died from an AIDS drug experiment and there's a callous a disregard for her, uh, her care and the failure of NIH. And George uh, W. Bush had an opportunity to make a change at NIH. At that point, Anthony Fauci had been there about 15, 16, 17 years. It was an opportunity. George Bush didn't uh, replace him. And as a result, the pandemic 15 years hence uh, left us in charge with a guy whose track record warned us that he was not going to be up for the job. That's what, you know, that, that's what the whistleblowers in 04 and 05 told us. Anthony Fauci shouldn't be leading NIID. There were real investigations that confirmed it. Some of the people got fired, got restored. And George Bush had an opportunity to replace him and didn't. George Bush had an opportunity not to create the monstrosity that is the Homeland Security Department today. He didn't. And so Republicans, when they look at how did we get to this thing and is it all Democrats fault? Not really. Republicans built this giant government monstrosity. They often fail to hold it accountable for the many failures to the American people. So both parties own the mess that we are in in the summer of 2023. No question about it. Uh, but the Republican Party that does control the House of Representatives right now, John, yeah. uh, Kevin McCarthy seems never to disappoint uh, and seldom surprises. <laughs> he, he says no impeachment inquiry without a vote. Yeah, this is outrageous what he is saying. Uh, and, and I've had a belly full of this. I'm not going to equivocate, equivocate about what he is. He is a rhino. He is an establishment tool. And if the Republican conference can't overcome him, this republic will be lost. And I really mean that. I don't see another way forward. Yeah, listen, the Republicans don't have the votes for that. And I think that that's one of the problems that, he, you know, it was the standard before Nancy Pelosi changed it. So uh, it used to require a full vote of the House in order to start an impeachment inquiry. Nancy Pelosi uh, blew past it, just like Chuck Schumer got rid of the nuclear mm -hmm. uh, option. Uh, and Republicans want to take it back. Now, we could say that's a great principle 
concept, but on the on the on the uh, battleground of warfare, uh, you know, it's a losing proposition for them. They probably don't have they don't have the votes right now. I've been counting heads. They don't have the votes yet for such a thing. Now, there are things he can do in the interim. He could create. You mean they don't have the votes for the impeachment. For an impeachment inquiry. Yes. He, they don't even have any votes for impeachment inquiry. Well, they don't need him. They don't need yeah. votes for an impeachment inquiry. Right. He, they should. He, they shouldn't, but they do, because that's the standard. That, well, they do if McCarthy says they right. do. That's right. This no, is, no, he's created a standard. A By the way, it used to be the standard. It used to be to open an impeachment inquiry. You did need a House vote, but Nancy right. Pelosi took that away. So why would Republicans give the advantage back to Democrats by going back to the way it is? That's a good question for uh, McCarthy to answer, and he hasn't answered it in an articulate way yet. He hasn't answered in any fashion. I mean, the man is, first of all, he's a Luddite. Uh, I mean, to think that he is sitting here in this moment in history and he wants to give away his only power to be a countervailing force against this corruption, this evil that is our federal government. He has a responsibility to do that. And by the way, not having votes is not a reason for stasis. It's not a reason to be paralyzed. That's what politics is. Find the evidence, reach out reasonably to those who have open minds and will look to the evidence and facts and understand. There, we have to change. We have to take charge of our future or Joe Biden and the Marxists will. Yeah. Listen, this is a moment of extraordinary important American history. The decisions that will be made in the next several months will dictate maybe uh, 10 to 25 years of American history because we are facing such epic things. You see uh, the stories of the Chinese uh, trying to crash into our military bases and get in. Well, those Chinese came across the border in those large droves because the border is open. We're seeing now the consequences of the Biden uh, really uh, uh, policies affecting national security. Joe Biden clearly was involved with his son in, in an effort to raise foreign money for his family. And he did it knowing that his son was trading on his name with interests that had business before Joe Biden. If we accept that, that's going to become the norm, just like uh, failing to punish people who weaponized the Russia collusion investigation has made multiple weaponized investigations uh, possible today. At some point, the Republicans have to do something to put a stop in it or the American people are like, hey, we gave you a shot. You whiffed. Uh, why put you back in? You couldn't deliver what you said you were going to deliver. Now, there are some really important things going on behind the scenes that aren't visible. James Comer, Jim Jordan, I think, have a beat on where the alleged $10 million may have come from if the FBI informant was telling the truth. They're doing some really important work there. It's below the radar, but I'm seeing it as a reporter, and I think I'll be able to write about it soon. They are getting more whistleblowers. We're going to write about one later this week. I'm excited about that. Uh, Taking the very first whistleblower to blow the whistle on Hunter Biden's team, goes all the way back to November 2016, way before we knew. Uh, That is something that Kevin McCarthy's team and uh, James Comer and Jim Jordan have been digging up. I think if there's going to be a moment where the Republican caucus says, we do have the votes, it will come in the realization that there was some money that changed hands that Joe Biden has denied. Uh, That, again, you don't need the vote, but now that he set the standard for the vote, getting there is going to require another piece of evidence. They are fast at work at trying to locate that evidence. It would be extraordinary if a $10 million payment was really made to uh, an entity around the vice president, just like the FBI informant told the FBI in 2020. And oh, by the way, back in 2017 as well. So there's a lot of history that will pay out, I think, in the next few weeks. 
uh, the, uh, this new whistleblower will be able to write about that. There's going to be some bombshell revelations about January 6th. Uh, one of the things that I watched, Lou, it was very interesting. Uh, normally, this town empties out uh, in August. Nobody cares what the work was. They just leave and go vacation and take their trips and their codels. There was a large presence of Republican investigators digging up stuff on January 6th, digging up stuff on Joe Biden, digging up stuff on the border, digging up stuff on all this money that's been stolen by Russia, China. And it's the first time in a very long time in Washington, I saw a large part of official Washington actually work through the August recess. And I think in the next few weeks, there's going to be actually in the next few days, even there's going to be some things that shake the ground. They're going to challenge our assumptions about January 6th, challenge our assumptions about Joe Biden and wind back the grift to an earlier period when it was clear to the government, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden were already involved in something that was unsavory. That'll be a good thing for the American public. What Republicans do to just express outrage won't be enough. Expressing outrage isn't good enough. They got to solve these issues and the window for solving them is shrinking very quickly. As uh, September is uh, already hurt at, at work. Sure it is. It is. Uh, and we're early days. Yeah. Um, I truly believe that if they can't get to an impeachment inquiry in the next few weeks, uh, that uh, all hope is lost that they will do anything. Because if they will put up with the leadership of Kevin McCarthy, his indolence, uh, his, frankly, his deceit, uh, his maneuvering, and his obvious uh, fealty to the establishment, uh, the unit party, you call it, you know, whatever you wish, yeah. uh, it's anything but uh, in the interest of America what this man is saying and what to this point he's done. Uh, you get the last word here. Listen, status quo is just not an option for the American people. They feel their country slipping away. That's why uh, three quarters of Americans think the country's in the wrong direction, that Joe Biden's too old to be president, uh, that there's something corrupt that was going on between him and his son. Um, the status quo is not an acceptable uh, thing. And waiting out to the November 2024 election will not be acceptable to the American people. So Kevin McCarthy and the people around him, it's not just Kevin McCarthy. The entire Republican Party has an obligation to step up the plate. The Senate looks about as directionless as I've ever seen it in my time as a reporter, 35 years here in town. Uh, Mitch McConnell does not have a grip on his Republican Senate caucus. Uh, somebody has to step into the void and exercise some leadership that changes the status quo. Or uh, American voters will uh, cast a, a vote to punish the Republicans, which probably means putting Democrats in charge of all three branches of government. Again, that would be a disaster for the future of this country based on what we know Americans are suffering from right now. Well said, as always, John. We appreciate your time. Uh, I, I put it this way right now. It's a, a clear delineation. There are those in both parties who are either the problem or they're now going to be part of the solution to take yeah. everyone back to the 1960s, one of my favorite expressions. Uh, <laughs> so great to have you with us. And thanks uh, for all thanks, you do, John. Great to be uh, with you, sir. Thanks, everybody, for being here today. Our guest tomorrow will be House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer, who will join us to talk about the subpoenas he's issued for the head of the Department of Homeland Security and the Secret Service over their alleged misconduct in the DOJ's Hunter Biden cover-up as well as investigation. Please join us tomorrow and each and every weekday. Follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs and on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. And be sure to check out LouDobbs.com. Thanks, everybody. God bless you. May God bless America. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.